Blog Talk Radio. Know that someone's loving you 
No matter how you say it, only matters what you do. Each day, please take the time to tell someone that I love you. and live a disease-free life. American School of Symptometry is the teaching and training arm of symptometry. We offer three types of scholarships to help you with the cost of educating yourself and learning how to cure disease at the cellular level. That's right, cure disease. Our mission statement is curing is proving. Check us out at symptometry.com. That's S Y M. P-T-O-M-E-T-R-Y dot com. You'll be glad you did. Or call us at 708-252-3621 for more information. That's 708-252-3621. American School of Symptometry. Good evening, citizens of Earth. Welcome, humans. I merely tell you that the future of your planet is at stake. We have to ask you to try to stay calm, and it's important for everyone not to panic. I am authorized to assure you that so far there is no reasonable cause for alarm. Listen, do you hear? It's getting closer. We have come to visit you in peace and with goodwill. We work for a highly funded yet unofficial government agency. Our mission to monitor extraterrestrial activity on Earth. We are the men in black. You know what the difference is between you and me? I make this look good. Happening again. It's happening again. Welcome, it's welcome. awesome, baby. Welcome, 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 welcome to the original original native radio symptometry hour. Every last Tuesday of the month at 8 o'clock. Give yourself a big round of applause for being here.
My name is Coach Kyer, and you are now rocking with the best. This is the best in healing, the best in live broadcasting, the best in giving you news that you can use each and every last Tuesday of the month here at Sometimetry Radio. Woo! Please visit our proud sponsors, www.relaxationisthekey.com. Click on the link, Emotional Freedom Technique. Leave your name and your email address. Sign up for that list. See if there are any concerns. Please go over to www.symptometry.com and check out all the wonderful information and faculty and staff over there with Dr. Maxwell Narty. Also, symptometrybooks.com. If you are in need of any of past recorded shows while they last, while they last, you might want to get over there and try to download a couple because they won't always be there. But all 41 shows that we did in 2012 are there archived for you to go back to and just regroup. I am so happy for everyone who decided to join us tonight and who's on the line to come back with a new season at Original Native Radio and the Symptometry Hour of Power. It used to be Hours of Power, but the show is going to be going back to 90 minutes per show. We're going to be making it action-packed, and we're going to be giving you more of what you need. Now, without further ado, I cannot do this show by myself. I have to bring on a winning combination member, a team player. Teamwork makes the dream work. An engineer, a family man, a husband, a good son, also a doctor himself, and the head of the American School of Symptometry. Please put your hands together because you know why? It's awesome, baby! Dr. Charlie Abbott! Good evening, Dr. Abbott, and welcome to the show. Uh, thank you, Coach Carrier. Thank you so much. It is so good to be back. It feels good to be back on Symptometry Night on Relaxation is the Key and Original Native Radio. And I am really, really excited tonight about joining you and Dr. Maxwell Nardi, the founder of Symptometry, so that we can go in on things that are most important for our health and well-being. And I'm really just grateful to be working with you as well, a, 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 a learned man in your own right and someone who's doing great things down there in the big A. And so we're so excited and proud of you also. So we look forward to a new season of symptometry and seeing what we have to create and come up with as we go along on this special path together. And the hits just keep on coming. That's right. Ooh, you are absolutely right because I'm I'm sure and have all faith and, you know, maybe the inside track that is going to keep getting better and better and better. I definitely wanted to um, notify people that we, um, due to the outstanding results of Last year's broadcast, Dr. Nardi is swamped on top of swamp with work. Also, the new symptometrist in the land, Dr. Abbott, as well as Dr. Weinick, uh, Dr. Abbott has opened up his office 
in Greensboro, North Carolina, um, and you also need to let's swamp him down too because that brother has a magnificent office in Greensboro, North Carolina, and if you need to get your consultation from Dr. Dr. Abbott, um, I would advise you to immediately write this number down and give him a call early in the morning. And that means if you even listen to this on the download, call him up right now and leave a message. Make his phone just vibrate over there at nighttime so when he gets up in the morning, you'll be first in line for a consultation, which is absolutely at no risk to you. The phone number is 336 456 9183. 336 456 9183. 9183. Pardon me. 336 456 9183. I give it out so much. Somebody else's number must be trying to be on my mind. I try my best to uh, people come over and get their complimentary consultations as often as I can. Outstanding. Outstanding. Very good. Well, tonight, you know that I want to get straight to the point. And I know I'm going to bring in the man of the hour, too sweet to be sour in a little bit. But currently, I want to talk about these two subjects that we got tonight. And I want you to be the leadoff man like Ricky Henderson. I want you to either be a – you can be Barry Bonds if you want to. You can put Barry Bonds and Ricky Henderson together. But I want you to okay. lead us off tonight with – um these two huge topics, brain nourishment and also the dangers of citric acid. And, I mean, I know I got a lot of orange juice drinkers and love me oh, yeah. lemonade going on, and what about my grapefruits? And my children love apple, uh, apples and oranges, and I put it in there for their lunch. I wanted to let people know that there is – a lot of things that we don't know that we don't know. And that's what this show is about, is empowering you with scientific information, not opinions, but scientific information and research and discoveries, the latest and the greatest, so you can empower yourself to add some champagne to your campaign and start living the optimal wellness as you nurture your body back to supreme health. Dr. Abbott, can you please take it away? And go? I, I want to start by the question of, why do people love orange juice so much, and what is an orange, and what is citric acid, and where does it come from, and do I need so much of it every day, and what about vitamin C? Those are some of the questions that people pose when they're talking about citric acid. Yes, well, citric acid, as we know it, as first goes back to the 8th century, back to back into the Persian uh, dynasties. But it wasn't until the 1700s that they were able to actually find find it and look at it under a, a microscope to actually to uh, break it down. And it actually is from a mold, so it's actually a form of a of a mold. And we know that molds are the first things that actually eat on this planet. So they're, they're some of the first things that actually interact with different types of molecules. And enzymes, but what we what we what we know is that when we speak of citric acid, it comes in so many forms. When you go to the grocery store, you go down any aisle that has any type of any type of product, and you look at the the uh, ingredients, 
usually you will find some form of citric acid in it, and it's a it's a world renowned preservative. Okay, it adds tartness flavors to the things that we consume. But what we don't know is that these are things that the citric acid actually is a form of a enzyme destroyer because it binds up the calcium. So therefore, like you were saying before, everyone wants to know about orange juice, grapefruit juice, because these are things that are constantly being pushed in, into our face through the, through the media and they're said that they're healthy, they're good for us. You know, orange, eat an orange, you know, or eat a grapefruit. It's good for weight loss. We see all of these different types of products out on the market today. And although they may have a beneficial aspect of it, we also know that there's a downside to it. And again, as far as citric acid is concerned, it binds up calcium. And our cells, as we will talk more about as the show goes along, our cells actually need calcium to grow and to proliferate. But it but it causes it to chelate, and chelation is basically like a clawing or a clawing action where it actually binds up the minerals and the metals. So therefore, it's like a clump of metals, all types of metals together that our cells need to grow and to furbish. But when they bind and, and are cloyed up together, then that slows down the progression of things, slows down the chemical reactions of things. So therefore, our bodies, in turn, will produce signals and different symptoms that cause us to take notice. So we have to know the foods that actually contain citric acid. And you don't have to go very far because, again, they're always around and in the grocery store. But not only that, they cause problems for us physically. And these are some of the things that, that are important to know. But you just think of one of the main things in our society that we consume is sodas. You know, you go into an athletic event, a concert, anywhere, just to, at the dinner table, there's always sodas, all types of sodas, citric acid, and commercial fruit juices, and orange juice, okay, and oranges, all right, grapefruit, grapefruit juice, limes, lemons, and all of these things, lemonade, oh, in the summertime a cold glass, a lemonade, or limeade. But actually, what it's actually doing is actually slowing down a person from healing. And this retards the healing process just by having something with citric acid in it. And if someone has anything like bleeding gums or sensitive gums, and if they feel their gums be really sensitive, one place that they can look at is the consumption of citric acid. And even some of the toothpastes have citric acid in it. Citric acid in it. 
So those are these are just some of the things that contain citric acid, and we have to educate ourselves. And based on the knowledge that centometry has brought to the table through deconstructive research, we're now able to pass on this information that we can use to, again, help ourselves to get healthier and healthier through the ionization process, through nurturance, and then building an enzyme surplus. So as the night goes on, I'm sure we will start to intermingle the two between what is citric acid and what is also brain food or how to, how to actually produce proper brain essentials because they all go together. So at this point in time, uh, I'd like to open up the floor for further questions in regards to this, and we can uh, move forward with the brain, brain food as well. Now, Dr. Abbott, you know specifically that somebody is on this line saying, what about my vitamin C? Dr. Oz Oz on Oprah told me that I got to have my vitamin C. And they say oranges, of course, they go they again, that, you know, Dr. They. They say oranges, that's why I get my vitamin C at. Um, What do you have to say for people who are, you know, they say, well, I, I have to have my vitamin C. And that's what, when I get sick, especially, this is the person I want to address. When a person gets sick, they get some sinuses or get a cold, the first thing they do is grab an orange. What are they doing to their body? They're actually slowing down the healing process. The healing process because oranges have such a concentrated amount of citric acid. And, again, we also know from previous shows with symptometry is that the fruit is the waste product of the tree. So, therefore, we have to know there's not only citric acid, but many different other types of acids in fruits that we consume, all different types of acids. But more specifically with vitamin C, it's like, oh, what is the source of vitamin C? And what interactions does that vitamin C or the acid that is in that orange doing to our tissues, to our mucous membranes, okay, because usually a person that usually will consume an orange will at some point start to really see the expectoration of mucus or sinus or some type of sinus issue uh, follow the consumption. So it's, it's not very, very healthy at all to take a concentrated amount of, of vitamin C and especially the way that that we see it b- being done out here today, just an over over amount and overuse of, of of vitamin C, and that is just the education that's out here, and we get all this information out on the the, the airways, the radio, on the internet. I mean, by goodness, the internet is a place that can get someone looking for some knowledge into quite a bit of trouble when it comes down to hell. Now, for those who may be just joining us, why is the Internet 
getting us in trouble. Can I trust the internet? You know, to just you know, the internet said, or this website, this website has the word nutrition on it. This website has pretty graphics, and I've been doing this my whole life. And um, even when I looked on Google today, I typed in dangers of citric acid and found no pictures, no nothing. Some people are saying, well, I have never seen these dangers of citric acid on the Internet. What do you have for those people? Well, again, this is where the science comes in. And scientists will, you know, they have their own clubs for the most part. And they let people have different reasons for putting information out. However, with symptometry, it's therapeutic science. So, therefore, the information that we speak on is verif- can be verified. It can definitely be verified. But when you really think about citric acid and the, and the information, like you said, you were looking on the Internet today, did it give you any of the industrial uses of what citric acid is for? I mean, it's used in rubber products. <laughs> Just think about that. Citric acid and rubber products. So, therefore, if it's used to bind up rubber, what is it doing inside of the human body? Okay, so, so therefore, so that that's a congealed product. It's just that we have to be educated, and that's what centometry is here to do. And for sure, if a person is not healing, that's one of the places that we have to look is what are they consuming. And as you know, as Dr. Marty wrote a book, What to Consume, and soon to be followed up by uh, What to Consume Part 2. And this right here will really go into, the, you know, more of the information on citric acid and some other health disruptors that keep us from healing. Wow. And yeah. and how about my how about my cool fresh lemonade? I, I heard you mention it, you know, uh, recently. And lemonade is, you know, is one of my you know personal favorites um, at the family reunion. Like they depend on me to bring the the lemonade with all the white sugar in it. What am I actually bringing to the family reunion when I'm bringing that lemonade? Or what are people when they ordering? How about how about the, the strawberry lemonade that they have in the store right now? They got, they got a strawberry lemonade. How? What am I actually ordering when I'm ordering strawberry lemonade, Doctor Abbott? Well, you order. You you have quite a decoction now because you have strawberries that has red phosphorus and so so many seeds, and it has watering. So therefore, if one desires to lose weight, therefore the molecules around that it has retains water. So it slows down the metabolism and water absorption. And with the lemonade, again, we have citric acid, and that's a, it binds up the calcium molecule. And, and again, I know that's a favorite. That was one of my favorites. 
you know, I would I'd love to make lemonade or limeade, but at this point in time, because we know better, we have to also know the antidotes. So if you do participate in consuming a beverage like that at a family reunion, perhaps once a year, the price a year, we also have to know what neutralizes it. And these are things that we talk about in the American School of Symptometry, so that we're, you're, a person is able to, to at least be human, you know, sometimes. not We don't want it to become a habit, but at least if you go to a family reunion and you want to have a glass, you'll know how to move forward and neutralize the effects of it. As, as you already know, we do use limes or recommend limes in symptometry for our female listeners as well. And those, that's information that we've talked about in, in other shows. And, again, we can address those here. But it's only in the proper application should we use a specific item that is not a specific food that's not on the um, list of the recommended foods at, at this time until further research is concluded. Now, when you say further research, some people, like I said, maybe this is their first time on the show. What separates uh, some tometrist and his research from what you find on the Internet? Well, a symptometrist has done the personal research. Dr. Nardi was the first one to actually go into the lab and actually match up through his own through his training. He was able to look at what was in foods that we consumed and then was able to match that with things that destroyed cells, that slowed down blood circulation. Something things like cyanide. Well, who would think we eat cyanide or had things like cyanide in the things that we consumed? But what is it? One of our greatest industries out here today is the nut industry. Okay, they all in every grocery store, every corner store, every mega store that you go and buy, you know, a ten-pound bag of it. There's so many different types of nuts. But as we know, almonds, which is, you know, was a favorite of mine and so many people I know has a high amount of cyanide in it. And it, and it also has saturated fat in it, slows down circulation, and it, can, and it also can block the pores. However, these are, these are the food, these are just some of the foods that have been deconstructed and at this time, Centometry has said, okay, there are 45 foods that create soft debris in the human body. So all foods are going to create some type of blockage because they are forms of energy, and energy has to be expended in some way, either through the chemical response with the enzymes, but there has to be a constant interaction between give and take in the body. And therefore, we have to use this, but some foods leave behind 
much more exhaust if you will. You think of a car driving down the street and one that you don't really see the exhaust, but you know there's exhaust, and then there's another one, perhaps a clunker that's going down the street and it's got all this black smoke and it's loud coming down behind. So there are certain foods that leave behind soft debris, and then there's others that leave behind heavy and hard debris. And what was done with the deconstructed research using gas, liquid, paper, and um, and gas chromatography was this, Dr. Nadi was able to look at what the foods had and then make a determination to how our cells use those for energy or as a way to disrupt our health. And that now, goes Dr. far beyond someone saying this is good for that because this is the tradition from X amount of places around the globe. Now, I got a nasty alley-oop from Seabock down in uh, Florida, and he reminded me that in the symptometry paradigm that pineapples are one of our uh, friendliest source of enzymes. I eat pineapples every day. You can, friends, I get over my house, and is is that a piece of furniture? Because every time we come over here, we got <laughs> more, more pineapples. Um, but it doesn't, pineapple contain some type of uh, citrus acid? And if it does, what is the difference between the pineapple and that citric acid and making that safe for me versus the orange and the lime and the lemon and maybe even the, I, I don't know, um, I know they call carrot a vegetable, but I, I wanted to ask, well, was carrot uh, considered an acidic item? But I want you to answer about the uh, pineapple first. Well, you know, the the pineapple is what we've been all taught that is a, a, a um, citrus fruit. However, the pineapple is, is very unique because it's one of the seven edible fruits that is recommend, recommended by symptometry. And it is high in quercetin and bromelain. And these, we need quercetin and bromelain for nerve for our nerve conduction in, in order to actually help transmit energy, whereas it doesn't bind up our cells the way that Citric acid does. It doesn't bind up the calcium molecules. And 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 and, and, the, and another thing is that oranges, and especially oranges and limes, and some of those commonly known citrus fruits, they are also you know they also have a um, quite a bit of uh, potassium in them as well. They're high in potassium. And the potassium actually constricts or binds up also the cortisol. And cortisol, we need cortisol because that right there helps us to, to deal with inflammation and pain. So the pineapple 
doesn't do that at all. So it's very it's, so it's very effective in actually helping with inflammation, as opposed to what we would term a regular fruit of citric acid. In regards to your question with carrots, the carrots also they are also a high highly acidic fruit, but they also have cyanide in them as well, which also takes quite a bit of few enzymes to break it down and, 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 and cyanide actually constricts. It depletes oxygen and so therefore the blood isn't able to flow. And cyanide poisoning, you know, that, that can come very quick or or very slow. And I know when people say, oh, well, carrots are natural. You know, Mother Nature gave it to us. But, you know, over a long period of time, it can be very detrimental to our health. And this is the way that what symptometry has looked at and says, well, whether it's a lot or a little, you have to know what it is that we're consuming. Well, a lot of people who are already familiar with the uh, symptometry attitude, paradigm, and synopsis and game plan understand the importance of having an abundance of enzymes. But for those who may just be joining the show for the first time, and I'm going to use this for a segue to bring Dr. Nardi in, can you please reiterate the importance of having an enzyme surplus versus having and being deficient of enzymes and what are some of the byproducts that are more noticeable when you when a person who is enzyme deficient? Well, you know, everything is just about enzymes, you know, and their substrates and how they fit together and move and they work in unison, and they recycle. And and as anyone who would get the downside of nutrition, what to consume, or the cookbook will see, is they'll see a list that shows us X amount of thousand enzymes it takes in order for this food to be broken down. But in order for these things to happen, we need speed and electricity in order to break foods down, okay? If that does, and so that takes energy, and the more energy it takes, whether there's cyanide in the food, molybdenum, vanadium, it actually takes that many more enzymes to deal with the task. So, therefore, if we eat a meal or a food or a fruit or a beverage that takes many, many thousands of enzymes to break down, that all those constituents inside of the, that, the, the thing that we're consuming, it actually slows down our metabolic process, slows down our blood, 
it slows down our metabolism to the point where things are not functioning efficiently. So we have to actually look at why is that happening. So this is what is termed where we get illness and sickness from because then we are in what is termed a enzyme deficit where we're actually having to, we, we, we don't have enough enzymes to break down the foods that we've consumed or the beverages that we've consumed. And therefore, our body gives us a signal to say, hey, system has shut down. Okay, it's like running out of gas on the freeway. You know, that's not a good place to run out of gas in the speed lane on the freeway. But that's essentially is how it is. So we actually have to be able to know exactly how much gas we have in our tank, how much fuel is in there, and where we want to go. And so being in an enzyme surplus is being able to, instead of driving at a 100 miles an hour and only be, being able to go 100 miles, we can actually go at 60 miles an hour and perhaps go 300 miles. So we want to be working efficiently. We want our cells to work efficiently to be able to handle those things and, and know how much we can pull along because having that information, we actually be, get healthier as time goes on as as opposed to getting sicker. And that's the difference between an enzyme deficit and an enzyme surplus because as anyone who comes in the American School of Symptomatry knows and those who've listened to this show before, we go we have health is tissue renewal plus nurturance plus an enzyme surplus. And that is health. So an enzyme surplus is most important. Well, Dr. Abbott, what about a citric neutralizer? Is there a certain thing? Some people say, oh, well, um, I, I, I like it so much. It tastes so good. Are there citric neutralizers? Well, for sure. Well, you have to come into symptometry for that. We have particulates for that, and then we have other things that we can tell you to do in regards to how to neutralize citric acid as well. But yes, there there are definitely neutralizers for citric acid. But you have to know when to do it. Okay, that's always important. It's timing and the dosage and the frequency. Mm, okay, okay. So it's a formula. It's a formula that makes it happen. So I definitely yes. can appreciate Dr. Abbott you know, lighten the board up for us tonight with this information. If anybody has some comments, questions, or feedback, please, please, please give us a call in tonight. And the call the call in number is three four seven two zero five nine zero eight nine. Three four seven two zero five nine zero eight nine. I do want to take a caller before I bring uh Doctor Nardi on. This information thus far has just been uh it's awesome, baby! I mean, because I, I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna say I'm confronted, but I, I do see many people who ask me. They try to put me in the position of the food police, 
well, can I eat this and why can't I eat this and such and such and such and such. And I don't want to be known as a food police. I just want to be a, a, a person living in optimal wellness. I want to be known as a, a centurion. That's what I want to be known as myself. So I, that's one who lives to be more than 100 years old. Let me get to the caller lines and see if there's any other centurions on here tonight or some people who may have um, another view or another um, angle of input. We are open for all. The, the call lines are not open just for people who are agreeing with this topic. If you have a dissenting opinion or you have some scientific evidence that you'd like to present, uh, we welcome you to call in and um, and voice that. So the phone number, once again, is 347-205-9089. Uh, caller from the 574-389. It's awesome, baby! Your microphone is wide open. Can you give us your name and where you're calling from, please? Hello, Hello. caller from the 574-389. Your microphone is open. Hello. Hello. Yes, did you mean to press 1 and come on the line? Did you have a comment or question? Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Do you have a comment or question? Yes, I'm sorry. Um, I didn't know it was my turn. But I did have a comment, if um, I may. My name is Karen, and I'm calling from Chicago. And I just wanted to give my story. Um, I have rheumatoid arthritis, and I've had it for 15 years now. And um, there was a time when I was bedridden. I couldn't do anything for myself. I was in a wheelchair. I was on crutches. And I was taking a lot of different medicines. And um, I've been going to Dr. Nardi now for a little over a year. And, boy, has he really helped me. I can take care of myself. I'm not in a wheelchair. I'm not on any crutches. I'm walking on my own. I'm not taking any medicine. And I just want to share my story for those who have rheumatoid arthritis that Dr. Nardi and symptometry has really, really helped me. And I just want to say thank you so much. Thank you for that testimonial. It's awesome, baby. Thank you, wow. thank you, thank you, thank you. And we appreciate you for uh trusting in us and having the due diligence. One of the things that we honor is sometometry can only help the people who are willing to come get the help. And a lot of times people's egos get in the way of them uh being restored back to optimal wellness. So we definitely applaud you and thank you for giving us a call tonight and staying on your journey for over a year. Okay. <laughs> thank you. I'm going to put you back on mute now. Uh, next thank caller you. we have. Next caller we have is calling from the nine one seven five eight two five two eight. It's awesome, baby. Your microphone hey, is wide night. open. Can I get your? Hi. How are you? Can I get your name and where you're calling from, please? Hey, this is Chi. I'm calling from Baltimore, Maryland. Chi is in the building. Chi makes some of the yeah. best turn of greens with the symptometry. I want to thank oh, uh, yeah. all the all the who uh symptometry sisters and brothers who put in on the symptometry cookbook because Chi does something to the lamb and the body rice and the turnip greens that is really unfair. It's really unfair how she <laughs> treats her her, her stove and uh so right. I just wanted to go ahead and give her that shout-out. What's going on, sister? How you feeling tonight? You got a comment or a question for us? Yeah, I have a comment because I'm listening in. And 
I know there's going to be some confusion because I know you guys are talking about citric acid, but um, citric acid and ascorbic acid, which is known as vitamin C, there's, like, I'm not sure if you guys are talking about just citric acid or you're talking about ascorbic acid and citric acid because I heard someone say vitamin C, and I know then that that's different from citric acid. So that's my first question is can y'all be clear as to which one y'all are talking about? Okay. We're primarily talking about citric acid that is in in foods, but also the concentration of what is termed as ascorbic acid because they both, you know, what is the source of it, okay? Mm-hmm. Where is it, okay, where is it coming from? So, if, so first you have to know the source of the ascorbic acid or the citric acid, okay? So, that, so therefore, we, we have to be able to distinguish the two. But we were primarily speaking on the foods that are that we consume right you know, right now. Uh-huh. That 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 have a high level of citric acid in them and, and the, the effects that citric acid has on the cells and on the mucous membrane. So okay. so there so therefore if if you are using vitamin C you have to know, okay, well what is what is the source of it? Okay, and does it have cyanide in it? Because, you know, I know many of them, you know, they say, well, this is vitamin C, and it has, what, the cherry or the the, um, the the orange. You know, they have these different flavors that they have. Uh-huh. Right? These are, again, they these are the ones that have citric acid in them, even though it may be turned something else. Okay. So the um the one thing that I learned tonight uh by listening is uh I did find a website that talked about some of the dangers of citric acid as far as uh breaking down the enamel on the teeth, um, giving people canker sores and ulcers inside their lips, their cheeks, their mouths. Uh I didn't know that citric acid can also be found in lettuce and artichokes and tomatoes and cayenne peppers. Uh, But I'm one of the people that used to, like, drink, like, half gallons of orange juice. And um, now that I'm, as I'm older, like, I have really sensitive teeth. And I just was in conversation was finding out, like, okay, um, because I like to eat all these type of fruit and drink so much orange juice, that's probably why uh, I do get, like, sore, like, I'll get soreness in my mouth. Um, but I, of course, you think of orange juice, and you're like, okay, these things are really good for you, but you don't realize, like, the long-term effects of what you're talking about now, the citric acid. So... Yeah. Oh, that yeah. was beneficial for me to to hear because then it makes more sense, of course. But the thing is, how do you, um, I'd like to know, like, if you have pure ascorbic acid, um, 
I'd like to, I would love for you guys to touch on the um, benefits of that, or if that's something that's not as beneficial as we think, and the whole chelation process. Because I know some people who have heavy metals, they do use the um, they do use the vitamin C for chelation to draw out the heavy metals, like you said, bind them up and pull them out. So. I don't know if my question is clear, but can you, like, um, share a little bit more on that? Like you said, the source of is really, like, what's key as opposed to just, like, cutting certain things mm-hmm. out. And, and I do understand the surplus, the enzyme surplus is also real important as well. Well, with, with chelation, you know, it it, it had, we, we need specific minerals, certain vitamin. So therefore with citric acid being that it, it binds up these minerals, it keeps the calcium and all our cells need calcium to grow and to proliferate. So in other words, for them to grow and to keep on expanding, they don't need to stick together. You know, they need oxygen. They be they need to be able to breathe and and be able to to have movement there, but the the binding up is just like a vice grip that keeps them tight and bound together. So therefore, they can't move, and it, it pretty much puts them in a in, in a in a prison for the most part. And so now, other parts of the body impulses energies cannot move the way that they need to, and. This is where the binding process causes problems. So therefore, like you were saying, you just love to drink orange juice. Well, over time, that's what caused the sensitivity of your teeth and gums. It's just like if I had some citric acid or had a, a glass of orange juice right now, I would I would definitely feel it in my mouth because I'm introducing a health disruptor, okay, because these health disruptors actually what changes our way of feeling and the way that the way that our, our blood moves and the way that we receive the proper nutrients to the cells. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, if I may ask for a quick health tip for, um, like, when I work with a lot of clients, I work with their bodies, and a lot of them um, are trying to figure out how to, um, like, the one thing that I usually will offer people as something to keep them flush in their system uh, is, like, water with sliced lemon in it because the last thing I read was that when lemon goes inside your body, you know, it alkalines uh, the water. So is that still, does that still work, symptometry, or is there something else that, like, people can do on a regular basis with their water um, with certain, uh, like, a fruit? I know I do pineapples as well, but you know, in that scenario that I can offer them? 
So you want to give them lime or lemon water to do what? what to help do? to help flush themselves, especially after like deep tissue work or people who are working out very often. They tend okay. to drink either high sugar drinks well, like the Gatorades and Powerades because they feel they're full of electrolytes, or they drink well, in like the park, which is like the blank water or acidic water. Well, in, in here we have a, a formula, A16B, which helps to flush well, out the uh, flush out the lactic acid because you're talking about someone who has who's built up quite a bit of uh, lactic acid. And, um, you know, when you're using lemon juice, that actually makes would make water much more acidic because, you know, if, you know, pure water is like at seven, okay? And then lemon juice is two. Okay, so that becomes, now the person becomes more into what we call acidosis. As 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 opposed to alkalosis, so you're actually giving them more acid. So yeah, so lemon water is actually making the person more acid. Okay. Um, See, so, I mean, because Dr. on I think his phone is breaking up. Dr. Abbott, you still there? I'm I'm here. I'm okay. here. Oh, okay. That's all. Okay. Okay. So, so does, does that, do you understand that? You with me on that one? I mean, when, when, when I was told to add lemon to my water to make it, make the water alkaline, well, when I drink it and then I look and it says, like, certain foods are acidic when they're outside the body, but once you metabolize them, it becomes alkaline in the body. Like, mm-hmm. when I'm drinking lemon water, it makes well, me feel better, and other clients have reported that it makes them feel better. So, well, like... When you, look at the, when you look at the pH scale, compared mm-hmm. to water and then what... what Lemon juice is very acidic. Now, where in the body is that going to happen? Because we have different levels of acidity in different parts of our body. Now, if you're talking about the blood, the blood is 7.4. Okay, that's the blood. But, the, again, our you know our colon, our mouth, our throat, our stomach, they all have, have different levels of pH in them. So it's not just one pH that you can take in and it goes there because once it goes in, now we have chemical changes going on. Right. And yeah. All right. Thank you, uh, thank you, Chief, for calling in with that question tonight and those thank comments. You. Definitely a lot of intrigue. Um, and a lot of thought provoking going on tonight, and we're gonna keep on doing our research and bringing more in. The lines are definitely lit up. Uh, you have inspired quite a few people here, so I definitely wanna. Uh, I wanna say, it's awesome, baby. 
and I'm going to put you back on mute and get to the next caller, okay? And you got half uh, the professor on. Oh, man, you got about 99 more questions on, but I better go ahead and get Dr. Nardi on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm exactly. telling you, you don't understand the lines. He got the lines lit up, but I do want people to say, well, we got to get Nardi the brains the building. I know, I know, I know. We're going to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to see how it rocks. Without further ado, y'all know what it is. Y'all get ready to get your hands and feet together. Stomp your feet a little bit. Get ready because here comes the storm. Here he comes. We call him the number one C. Joe Master Uncle Nardi. Dream come true. Dr. Nardi, welcome to the show. How you doing tonight? Oh, fine. Thank you very much. And uh, welcome back, too. This is a dream uh, come true. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. I, I, I was not... Um, I don't know. We've had such a long break that uh, when it was time for me to come to the show, I even forgot that we have a show going on today. And then later on, they gave me the number, and I dialed in, and and I heard Dr. Abbott speaking. I said, okay, that is good. That is very good. And then I heard your voice. And the last time I heard your voice was what? Was it two weeks ago or three weeks ago? Maybe something, uh-huh. something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's good, and it's very refreshing to hear your voice and to to to, to come back to the live audience. Yeah, thank you very much. Absolutely. We're glad that you're back. Uh, Have you had any, um, I was telling the people at the beginning of the show that I don't think that you have had any shortage of work since, uh, since the last show, you know, I've taken some time out to get some rest and recuperation, but how has things been over there on the front lines uh, at at headquarters? Have you had any shortage of work or opportunities to uh, heal any people or bring anybody back to optimum wellness? Oh, oh yes, yes, yes. And um, even before I came on, uh, you had um, uh, Miss Mrs. Uh, Karen Dorsey. You, you have Mrs. Karen Dorsey, who had suffered from rheumatoid arthritis, I mean, almost paralyzing rheumatoid arthritis for for over fifteen years. And then you you, li- you listen to her, and she you listen to her testimonial, and. Uh, and that's only one. That's one only one one example. There are there are many others. And then during our break, um, I had more time to write uh, uh, two books. One book is um, a book on on women. All women will have to get this book. Um, it's very important because there I'm discussing uh, female health. And why female, why, why women and girls should always be very healthy, and the mistakes that they are making, in order to you know uh, make them sick or make them unhealthy. And then the second book is um, the downside of nutrition, part two. Uh, that book, that book uh, is now being uh, proofread. So I've been very busy. So there's no shortage of work in symptomatry. No. So what we did was we only switched uh, tracks, and then uh, now we are back again on the old tracks, and then we are ready to roll. 
Excellent, excellent. I know I'm also we're also looking forward to you coming to North Carolina again in April for another symptometry symposium. And I have also talked to uh, my boss over at Symptometry and the upper management about bringing you down here to Atlanta. We have some big plans for bringing you down to the southeast region, and um, so we're looking definitely to invite the entire state of Virginia and North Carolina and uh, northern South Carolina up to North Carolina um, for the symposium. But we're looking forward to include Florida and Alabama and some parts of Tennessee and the entire state of Georgia to come with us down here in Atlanta, maybe in the latter parts of uh, May or June or maybe even July. So we've got some big things that we've been working on as well. Uh, that, that's that, that, that's very interesting because the outreach coordinator, uh, Bell, uh, told me about um, uh, what you have been mooting, and uh, that is excellent. And I am ready. Whenever you are ready, I'm ready. And all I want to all I want uh, you to do is uh, make sure that you are very familiar with um, the organization. Um, uh, a template of symptometry, you know. So uh, you 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 have chapter members, or if it's your intention to set up a chapter, uh, you just know what the procedure is, and then uh, if you if you bring me down, I'll be more than willing to share whatever healing tips I have with your audience. Mm. Well, we look forward to that. We look forward to that. Without further ado, though, we want to get you started on brain nourishment slash brain foods. Now, this has been a very serious topic for me because not only in um, what I have been digesting in order to enhance and nourish my brain, but I've also recently found out the hours that I go to sleep, the hours that I get my rest. Not all hours are the same. So I would definitely love to turn it over to you. And when we do open up the lines for some questions here in about 15, 20 minutes, you'll probably be taking some of those questions on the dangers of the citric acid as well. So I'd like for those people who already have their hands up to please hold your questions for um, for Dr. Nardi and identify um, was your question one of citric acid, or did you want to have a comment or question about brain nourishment? Dr. Nardi, could you please tell us the importance of brain nourishment? I know it's what my thoughts form. I know it was the first thing to develop as an embryo, as a child. Mm-hmm, um, I know my central nervous system is being controlled. All my body movement is being controlled by the brain. But can I just rest my body? Can I just, just you know, get some rest from my legs and my lungs and some from my shoulders? And, you know, my brain may not need all that rest, or my brain may not need all that good food. Um, I, or what about just doing my body? And definitely I want you to, when I did type in brain foods today and look for, looking for images for the show, I saw walnuts. I saw some walnuts. And there's been a big uh, proclamation that walnuts is a brain food. So I definitely, because they say 
Some people look at the science of healing organs. They say, well, the brain looks like a nut or a pecan or a walnut, <laughs> so why don't we eat nuts? So I'm going to let yes. you. Uh, I don't. <laughs> uh-oh. I heard Dr. Abbott back there mumbling. So I'm going to let you handle that, Dr. Nardi, and I'm just going to step over to the side and let you take that from whatever direction you want to uh, see fit. Yeah. Um, when you are talking about brain food, um, I, I would like to I would like to preface this discussion by first touching on uh, the difference between vitamin C and citric acid, uh, because you cannot nourish the brain when uh, you have an overload of citric acid. The human body itself produces citric acid. It's called the Krebs cycle. Another name for the Krebs cycle is the citric acid cycle. The reason that we advise people not to overload their body with citric acid is because we have enough citric acid in the human body already. We are humans. We are not plants. Plants need a lot of citric acid. Humans just need a small amount of citric acid. In humans, less is more. Less is more. Citric acid is an excellent, excellent food preservative. Citric acid is even produced on an industrial scale by using a mold called Aspergillus nigger. It is produced on an industrial scale because we have three major items for preservation. We have salt, we have sugar, and we have citric acid. These are the three. If you don't preserve all these items, how can you commercialize, how can you globalize all the foods you are producing? How do you store them? All these items that you see on the, on the, on the supermarket, on the, on the shelves of the supermarket, they have been produced and they have been there for five years, six years, eight years, ten years. And it just keeps switching them from one supermarket to another. We are running low on this item here. Bring some more. So you, what, you, what they do is where, it's not, where the item is not being sold fast, they, are, they will take some of the items from there and then transfer them to other areas. So you need citric acid for this preservation. If not, the food will be bad. The, the food will be rotten. And you have to turn around and sue them for s- selling rotten food to you. They do not want this to happen. So in order to lower the, 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 the compensation costs, the uh, court uh, fees, and so on and so forth, what do they do? They have to preserve the food. And citric acid is one of the food preservers. So what you do 
is you learn to neutralize citric acid. Dr. Abbott, I heard him. He told you that we have a method. Uh, we, we have uh, we have uh, uh, ways of neutralizing citric acid. So when you come to symptometry, or when you are being treated by a symptometrist, or when you come to one of the new courses that we'll be having very soon called uh, uh, the six-month course, we will be able to introduce you to the methods for neutralizing citric acid. So you cannot nourish the brain. You cannot nourish the brain if you are, produ- if you are overproducing citric acid. Ascorbic acid is vitamin C. Vitamin C is not citric acid. Everything in modern nature is a mixed bag. It comes with positive and negative. They tell you about orange juice. Yes, they have to because they have to make money. They have to sell it and put food on their table for their wives, for their children, and pay school fees. But they don't tell you about the citric acid that is an integral component of the orange juice, the mandarins, the tangerines, and so on and so on. They don't tell you about that. No one, if you were, if you were, if you were selling your wares or selling your objects on the market, and you tell them that uh, what I'm selling will kill you, what I'm selling will kill you, what I'm selling will kill you, will you ever sell an item? Will you ever make money? You will not. So you tell them that this is good for you. Oh, it is good. It's good. It's good for for for, for 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 the for the treatment of ulcers. It's good for brain work and all that. You have to put some jars in there just to just to sell some products and make money. We in symptomatic we give you both sides. When you are talking about brain nourishment, and you mention nuts. These people who tell you about walnuts, what is the quality? Of, what what is the quality of their brain? Oh. What is the quality of their brain? You see, we are symptometrists. We want to see results. You are telling me that eating walnut is good. Fine, but. You are very forgetful. You are very forgetful. You are looking for your car's keys when your car's keys are in your pocket. And you are looking for your car's keys on your on the kitchen table, in the bathroom, everywhere. Where are my keys? Where are my keys? I have to go. Where are my keys? Your keys are in your pocket. But you say walnuts are good. They are good for what? You failed to balance the positive with the negative in walnuts. So as far as walnuts and nuts are concerned, I am sorry. I don't go for it. I don't go for them. I see people who snap. I see people who are irritable. I see people who are depressed. If they are not meat eaters, they are consumers of other items that prevent the brain from producing brain essentials. 
Look at how many people who are depressed. Look at how many people who are committing suicide, who are, who are suicidal. Do we have a healthy country? Do we have a healthy continent? No, we don't. No, we don't. And before the 21st century, before now, what was then? Do you think the history of mankind is something to be proud of when it comes to, when it comes to mental or, uh, or when it comes to brain work? Very few people managed to become inventors. All the rest became repeaters and robots. How many people are, are inventors? How many? They are, so, they are so few that you cannot even count them on your fingertips anymore. But robots and repeaters, yes. They cannot create anything. They cannot invent anything. But they can go to work like everyone else. We need people who are creative. We need people who can become inventors. These inventors will improve on what we have today so that we have better machines, we have better systems, and so on and so forth. Look at how decrepit many systems are. Oh, this is how we've been doing it for 15 years. Oh, uh, put up or shut up. This is how we've been doing it for 25 years. Well, you are a robot. We don't need many robots in this world anymore. We need thinkers. We need people with high level of creativity. That's why we need brain nourishment. How do you nourish the brain? Every brain cell must have two layers of oil in the outer membrane. Every brain cell. Now you have people who cook with, who, who, who don't use oil. We have people who don't use oil. Oh, so, so how, do you, how do you cook your food? Oh, I just grill it. I put it in the, in the oven. So you don't use oil? No, because there is already oil in, in the meat. There's already oil in the, pot, in, in, the, in, the, in the chicken, in the turkey. So all I do is I grill it. And then this is a person who is very irritable. Who is this a person who is very unforgiving. He or she goes to church every Sunday, sings on the front pew, and sings the loudest. But that person will never forgive. How can you forgive when you are not producing brain essentials? You need vitamin B to produce many brain essentials. How can you get vitamin B in your system when you are stressed all the time? Stress depletes vitamin B, all the B vitamins, without exception. Stress depletes B vitamins. Fasting. Oh, I have to fast. I have to go on a 10-day fast. I have to go on a f fasting. Depletes B vitamins. 
We have beef. Yes. Yes. Oh man. Now you yes. know, you know somebody is listening to this call right now who's on the No, no, no. I know. I know. I know. My my mother, my mother used to go on a long fast, and my mother died of enlarged heart. I was there, and I saw when the thoracic cavity, when the when the when the rib cage was 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 ripped open, and I saw my mother's my late mother's heart. I saw it. It was so huge. I wanted it was almost twice the size of a normal heart. If you are going to fast, fasting is good for spiritual reasons. Yes. You have to know what to do after the fast. Please. I don't care about you, you, you fasting and then ruining your, 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 your health like that. This must stop. I saw my own mother's heart. So this idea that, oh, well, there are some bishops who are listening, or there are some pastors who are listening, and I'm going to discourage you. No. I'm not discouraging anyone. Fast. But after fasting, you have to know what to do. You don't fast and then break your fast with, with a, a bottle of beer. You don't fast, and then what do you do? You just drink soup, and that's it? Or you, drink some, you eat something light, and that's it? No. We have to correct all these bad behaviors. Well, this you did not know. Now you know. Fasting is good for spiritual reasons. And two, fasting is good because it helps to decompress the cells, the cells that are bloated with these uh, preservatives with these food colorings. Yes, fasting is good because it helps to decompress the cells. Well, Dr. Nardi, wait, 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 wait. Dr. Nardi, I'm going to interrupt, but can't, what if I want to fast because I want to lose some weight? Well, I want to lose you, some weight. My stomach, well, my stomach is too big. I want to I wanna fast and lose some weight. And is this topic just being discussed in, your new, in either one of your new books? Fasting on um, the, the I wanted to discuss I wanted to discuss fasting. There is no room in it because um, 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 the downside nutrition part two is so huge that this is the first book that that I've written that that covers 415 pages. I could not add any I could not add any more. That was too much. There were many other things that I wanted to discuss, in it, but I could not fit them in. There's so much to discuss. So now we are going to have a downside of nutrition part three. I mean, there's so much work to do. So fasting, I prefer to discuss fasting on the radio so that, um, so that uh, I, I, I limit what I have to add to the downside of nutrition part two. We are helping people to be healthy spiritually. Yes, I have a spiritual background, and I don't play with my spiritual background. So I know the importance of fasting. But I do not want people to fast and hurt their heart. Don't do that. Because when you fast, B vitamins are the first to leave your body. 
So you put some B vitamins back after the fast. You don't do that immediately. You do that the next day. You do that the next day. You don't do that immediately. We can discuss fasting. And look, look at many, many Muslims who, who fast, who do the, uh, the, the Ramadan, during Ramadan. It's a very good spiritual exercise. I encourage it. After the, the, after the fast, the Pardon? Catholics are fasting right now too. For Lent, oh, look at uh, that! There you go. There you go. Yes, that's right. The Catholics are fast, they are fasting right now. Oh, after oh. you, after after you fast, please know what to do. Don't just fast and then after that you say you are going to you are going to eat a, a, a decent meal. You are going to do this fine. When you are eating a meal, there is competition among the various uh, uh, competition is involved. Many nutrients will not be able to get into your the villi of your small intestine because those with heavy atomic weight tend to knock out those with light atomic weight. And B vitamins do not have atomic weight. So they are always kicked out. So you have to know the right time to introduce B vitamins into your system. This is what we teach. Dr. Nardi, we have about five minutes before we go to the after party. I want you to start talking about, you talked about the walnuts, but in my kitchen right now, I got some navy beans in here that's hollering. I mean, they yeah, hollering. You know, yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Can you talk to me about how navy beans uh, can affect how my brain is enhanced? And can you also talk about sleep rhythms and the ideal time for me to be laying down and going to bed, maybe even while you've been going to bed at 8 o'clock for over 20 years. Uh, the call-in number is 347-205-9089, 347-205-9089. If you are in the chat room, you may miss the end of the after party, how he answers this question. I would advise you to get on the line, call in right now. Those of you who got the lines almost jam-packed, I haven't seen this many people on the call in about six months. I thank you, thank you, thank you, and appreciate you for being on the lines. Uh, Big shout out to Mr. Make It Happen. I'm going to take a screenshot of this because this is crazy how many people are on the line right now. So y'all got about three minutes. Please call in because... If Dr. Nardi answers this question, we're going to roll over into the after party. So, Dr. Nardi, please uh, take it away with the um, navy beans or any other foods that are good for nourishment and why we need them, as well as our sleep rhythms and patterns. Yes, your sleep rhythm, as far as your sleep rhythm is concerned, one thing I would advise you never, never to do is to have a time, to have a sleeping time. Don't do that. Go to bed only when your body is about to shut down. You don't go to bed when, you are, when your brain is still active. You don't do it. So I have, I did not know, I did not know that it was important for me to get up at 2 o'clock in the morning. I did not know. It was when I received my calling and there was a need for me to be up around that time that my body started shutting down around 7.30. I could not understand why. 
When was the last time that I watched the Jay Leno show, uh, the, 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 the Carson show, and uh, all these late night shows? Many years ago. <laughs> many, many years ago. So I asked the question, who is, who is this person? Oh, don't you know who this person is? Who is don't you know who this person is? You know, I don't watch late night shows, you see. So when the body sh- shuts down, go and sleep. And it's preferable to sleep in a dark room. And I explain this because of zero radiation. You, there are many people who work nights. And when they come to, when they come home, they have to sleep during the day. They have to find some dark cloth or some dark linen or something to make sure to, to help them simulate a dark room where they can sleep. Uh, peacefully. That is what you do. The kind of foods that you eat, the kinds of foods that you eat, is very important. When you, if if you want to sleep and have sound sleep, I would recommend that you eat cream of wheat, or you eat yam, or cream of wheat or yam, to help you to have sound sleep. Some people eat cream of wheat for breakfast. Then you see them yawning in the car at the road at the red light. You see them yawning on the bus. You see them yawning on the train. It's good to put you to sleep. It's not good to keep you awake. So know how to eat your foods and when to eat certain foods. Small navy beans is excellent for the brain because it helps to produce the peptides for intelligence also. Yes, we need these brain connectors. Small navy beans is as we will be recommended by the Nation of Islam, uh, the, the, the founder, uh, uh, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. He recommended navy beans and the special way of even cooking navy beans. So if you want brain food, you get a lot of brain food from small navy beans. But here is the very disheartening aspect. You don't get a lot of brain food from eating fish. You can get fish, you can eat fish for other amino acids, but you don't eat fish if you have a thyroid problem, or you don't eat fish if you have a brain problem. You eat small navy beans, or you eat lamb, or you eat um, uh, uh, a small, um, uh, you, you eat oats, you eat oats, but if you have high blood pressure, I would, not rec- I would not recommend that you eat oats or oatmeal. So it depends on your condition. So you have a brain problem, now you have a high blood pressure problem, then you have a kidney problem, you have a, you have a liver problem. So it depends on your condition. The condition you have will help a symptomatist to guide you properly in your food choices. Dr. Nardi, there you go again. You can look on the internet right now, and it said fish and walnuts are good brain foods. Here there you go. You go. Again. There you go. You see, Why can't I am... just look at the internet. I just want to look at the internet. Some people want to get their nutritional wellness from the internet, Doctor. Uh, and it says I, I, it's a picture. It's a picture on yeah. that. I can show it to you. It's a picture. Uh, understand. Understand. What is the qualification? to become an, uh, a Wikipedia uh, researcher. What is the qualification? 
And we can be what here researching. What, what, what is the qualification? And what is the qualification to become a symptometrist? Uh-huh. <laughs> a Wikipedia researcher does not go into the lab. He gets books from left and right, and he has an opinion. He fleshes his opinion with what he or she read from certain books and puts them together and publishes them on the Internet. That person is not accountable to you. If you come to me with a brain issue, you expect to get results from my treatment. Some treatments may take longer than others. A Wikipedia researcher will not give you results. He tells you what he wants to tell you. Either you take it or you leave it. So if the Internet is your research center, I say good luck. You will not get anywhere. If you want results, you go to the laboratory. You know the various amino acids that are in fish. Is phenylalanine amongst these amino acids? No. And the brain, as well as the thyroid gland, need a lot of phenylalanine. The adrenal gland also needs a lot of phenylalanine because the liver converts phenylalanine to tyrosine. And then the thyroid gland uses tyrosine to produce T3, T4, whilst the brain cells also use phenylalanine to produce TSH, thyroid stimulating hormone. This is science, verifiable science. <laughs> I am not a Wikipedia researcher. Mm. Wikipedia <laughs> researcher. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Nard, I got to ask you another question. This, 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 this question goes back to the sleep pattern, and you said go to bed when the body is trying to shut down. What damage can I do if my mind is trying to shut down and I'm saying, oh, no, i got to stay up. i got to finish this project. Oh, I, I got to, I gotta, you know, when you're really, in essence, denying your the signals, you are ignoring the signals that your body is getting you. What are some of the long-term effects that Not you have only, seen? In, uh, it's, it's both short-term and long-term. Short term is you make mistakes in your project. Short term, you make mistakes in your project. And these mistakes, you, sometimes you may pay dearly for these mistakes. You may overlook a mistake and someone will catch this mistake and will use it against you. Many people have been fired because they made mistakes in their project. The boss is counting on you. The boss is counting on you. And what did you do? You blew it. You have to go. If you are tired, go to bed. Sleep. Very restful sleep. And you wake up. 
you see bubbling ideas, brand new ideas, and you turn your project, your head upside down, and you start all over, and the next, the next project will be better than the one even you did uh, the previous day or the day before. Sleep what if this? What if what if what what if the project that you're doing is is important? You save lives, and you may have someone who is considering that their lack of planning is your emergency. And all of a sudden, you get sleepy and tired. Do you listen to your body and go lay down, or will you try to push through because you know that person has to have that that particular? You see, what you are discussing is very very important because. Many college students are listening. Those years when I was in school, I know exactly what you are talking about. I know exactly what you are talking about. And many college students are going through this right now. And not only that, there are some people who work two jobs, and they are attending school, and they are tired. And they have to continue. They have to. They have. They have to. They have to submit this project. They have to finish this work before they go to bed around eleven o'clock or around midnight. My advice is: go to bed. And then, if <laughs> you wake up, you wake up three hours later. You will have fresher ideas than the raggedy ideas that you are having at, at, at 11 p.m. You have better ideas at that time. This is the best advice to people who have projects and are pushing themselves to the limit. If you push yourself to the limit, you will break. You break, you fall. Don't do it. If anyone's on the line and they want to have a comment to Dr. Nardi, when we're talking about brain nourishment or you had a question about the citric acid, please press 1 now. We are 50 strong on the line. We can only hold 50. We, I mean, no one else. I just got about four texts that said they were not allowed to get in. So if you're hanging on right now and you're listening to this after party, I want to give yourself a round of applause because you made it in here. And sometimes when you're dealing with optimal health, you may miss something. You may miss something because you hesitated. And I, and I go and repeat the good book. He who hesitates going to get left behind because the train has left the station. I want to open up some of these lines. Please, nobody, move from your spot and let your call drop because you cannot call back in. We have a few people who are going to ask a couple questions. I'm going to let Dr. Nardi answer them. This is one of the most dynamic parts of the show, and I don't want you to miss what's going on because a lot of these questions also incite other um, other insights. So, caller from the eight zero three. It's awesome, baby. Your microphone is wide open. Welcome to the show, and who's calling? Greetings. Caller from the greetings, greetings. Who's calling, and where are you calling from? Yes, blessed. I'm calling from Columbia. This is Sasha Lone. What's up, Coach? Peace, peace, peace. How you doing today? How you doing? Thanks for calling in. This is wonderful. Sasha Lone is having a uh, Melanite Longevity Conference at the end of the month. 
down in South Carolina, and I would definitely love for everyone to please um, give her a contact on her Facebook page, Sabe, S-A-A-B-E-Y, or inbox me for information, or when you go to relaxationisthekey.com, just let me know that you're looking for information on the upcoming conference at the end of the month. It's going to be three days and two nights of some fantastic healing going on down in South Carolina. Sasha Long, thanks for calling in. You got comments, questions, or feedback for Dr. Abbott or Dr. Nardi tonight? Let's see. Yes. Well, I basically, um, first of all, I just want to say thanks for doing this program. I've been trying to, like, tune in for, like, months and months and months and um, uh, finally able to kind of listen in a little bit. But I heard a brother speaking earlier in the hour, um, in the 8 o'clock hour, about saying something to the effect that fruit is the waste product of the plant. And I've never heard that before, and I would like to get some better understanding on that, on that other than just those words. Um, I've... I've have an understanding that fruit is like the reproductive aspect or the the descendancy of the plant, but not necessarily, I've never heard that it's the waste product. So if somebody could just elaborate a little bit more on that, because I've never heard that before. Oh, well, uh, thank you. Thank you, Shalom. Um, um, That is true. Um, The fruit is a very interesting aspect of the plant. It is a storage. It's a storage unit of the plant. It's a storage. It's a storage unit that the plant does not reuse. It is exposed out there, and the various ultraviolet rays ripen it, and it's so it becomes so ripe that it falls to the ground, and it and it disintegrates so that the seed so that the seed germinates when the condition is right. So this is where the, 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 the reproductive aspect of the plant comes in. It is a waste product because the plant does not use it again. It does not use it again. The few nutrients that are there will refertilize the soil, and then and then the gases that were also in there will have to evaporate. Will have to leave and join the carbon cycle, the nitrogen cycle, the oxygen cycle, so that the recycling process goes on. So if you are going to eat a fruit, know the kinds of fruits you are eating, because as I said earlier, everything on this planet, everything in Mother Nature, is a mixed bag. You have to use science to to select the fruits that are that are that are edible and the fruits that are not. Two, the, uh, Dr. Abbott discussed papaya, I mean uh, uh, pineapple earlier. Mm-hmm. Pineapple has to be soft ripe. I eat pineapple all the time. I ate some even this evening. It must be soft ripe when you are going to buy pineapple. It you have to touch it and make sure that it sinks a little bit. There's a small depression as you are pressing it. It yields to pressure. Okay, this is good enough to buy. Or if you do not intend to eat it right away, take it home, let it sit on the kitchen counter for a day or two, and it becomes soft, right? This way, the level of acidity 
has reduced considerably. Mm-hmm. It contains the acids that the plant does not need. That's why it is a waste basket. It's a collection duct. No one has said it before because we in symptometry don't follow the crowd. We are not repeaters of other people's ideas. We are using our God-given mind to use scientific research to bring new facts to the world. So we are not waiting for anyone to take the lead. We are marching on and we are taking the lead. Thank you. I see. That's it. All right. Dr. Nardi, I want to ask a question, though, um, on that same thing. Sasha, if you want to hold on for one second. Um, sure. How does a person transition who may be a uh, vegetarian or they may have another lifestyle and their diet has been, you know, mainly based off of a lot of fruits, and currently they don't see any health hazards. They may not even see any of the long-term, you know, um, uh, discrepancies or negative aspects of eating these raw fruits, raw apples and raw oranges and lemons, um, what kind of trend, uh, what kind of signs can they look for or how can they start to transition? Well, uh, one thing I've observed is that uh, fruitarians, fruitarians, people who eat fruits, they suffer from a very, very dangerous DNA disease. It is called pentosuria. P, as in Peter, E as in Edward, N as in Nancy, T as in Thomas, O as in Orange, S as in Sam, U as in Union, R as in Robert, I as in Ink, A as in Apple. Pentosuria. It is a disease of the DNA. If your DNA is sick, your chromosomes will also be affected. And if your chromosomes are affected, your telomeres will also be affected. Mm-hmm. So, so how does that how does that manifest in a, in a physical sense? No, no, your, I'm coming. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, how, how does it translate into uh, to diseases and to illnesses and all that? Is that is is that where you are heading? Mm, yes. Okay. The advantage so, that. Honestly, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Just one last question. Yes. Mm-hmm. So are there any fruits, because I hear you saying you do eat pineapple, what are the fruits that, that you would say are acceptable and doable and work in some form of harmony with the body? Oh, excellent. Um, mm-hmm. I was in big trouble. I was in big trouble because um, the scientific right. research did not accept many fruits. And these pe- people's favorites were rejected. So I can give you an idea about, uh, I can give you a, a list of, or a partial list of the fruits that have turned out to be very, very healthy for the human body without causing pentosuria. Mm-hmm. You, have, you have papaya. 
mm-hmm. you have uh, pineapple, you have guava. People who have been talking, people who have been talking about vitamin C, vitamin C, vitamin C. Guava has the best and the most abundant amount of vitamin C. So it's very good. It's very very good. But the only problem with guava is that this vitamin C is so concentrated that you need to add some water to it so that you dilute it a little bit. So that is the only thing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you have avocado. But um, if if uh, if uh, you if you are fighting if you are fighting obesity, I will not I will not I will not recommend um, avocado. I will, I will advise you to to set it aside for for now. So this this will give you an idea um, about the good foods that are out there that you can get. Banana banana is excellent, but it has too much potassium. So if you want to eat banana. Uh, maybe once every three days. When I first started and I, uh, I didn't know better, I was recommending banana. <laughs> and then, uh, well, because I was basing it on books. And uh, the advantage that we do, we have in symptometry is that uh, uh, we base our choices and our recommendations based on years of life experiences. We want to have results, so we give it to people, and we see how it works. If it doesn't work, we kick it out. And we discover that, no, people tend to uh, deplete their cortisol by eating too much banana, because too much potassium eliminates cortisol. And the area where cortisol has been eliminated tends to become inflamed. So women suffer from PID, uh, you know, pelvic inflammatory diseases. You know, arthritis is worse in, uh, in, in people who eat bananas, like the lady, uh, Karen Dorsey. Uh, how, did I, how, did I take, how, how did I move her from rheumatoid arthritis to the, to the healthy lane? How do I do that? To the healthy track, how do I do that? I took yeah. potassium out of her life completely. And I took, I took, I took, uh, I took her away from all the supplements that have potassium. You see, you have to know this. If you don't know it, well, you come to symptometry. We'll, we'll teach you how to live properly on this planet so that you don't hurt yourselves. So these are a few fruits that are good, but depending on the person's condition. If you have, if if you have, if your ankles are swollen. Leave strawberries alone. Leave strawberries alone. I would never recommend strawberries because the, the amount of phosphorus is too much. And then phosphorus combines with water in the human body to produce phosphoric acid. Phosphoric acid is very, very detrimental to our tissues. So you have to know the foods that are very high in phosphorus so that you stay away from them. So I'm going back. To, I'm going back this time to re- to emphasize what I said earlier. That fruits are the waste collection basket of the plant. The plant does not use it. It carries the the the, the, the seed or the nut that will be the next uh, that will be that will have the nourishment to facilitate the, the germination 
of the next plant. So that's why I keep saying, don't eat nuts because you are not a plant. Nut is plant food. It carries it carries the food, the nutrients of the next plant in the endosperm. It's in the endosperm. That is just like the yolk of the of, of the nut is there. And it needs hydro hydrocyanic acid to circulate all the nutrients in the nuts. So when we say don't eat nuts, because we say we say because we don't want you to hurt yourself by eating hydrocyanic acid, a combination of water and cyanide, hydrocyanic acid, or let's call it prussic acid. So we are using science in guiding the world to a better tomorrow and a better today. Dr. Nadi, could you please spell that that reference that you made to disease, the word that started with P again? Oh, pentosuria? Yes. Okay, P as in Peter, E as in Edward, N as in Nancy, T as in Thomas, O as in Orange, S as in Sam, U as in Union, R as in Robert, I as in ink, A as in apple, pentosuria. Bless it. Thank you so much. I appreciate um, all of your wisdom and knowledge. And um, thank, thank you, you for handling my questions. Thank you. It's awesome, baby! Yes, yes, yes. Dr. Nardi, we're going to be having some fun down there in South Carolina. Uh, <laughs> Sasha Long says she's going to let me get up. She says she's going to let me get up there and talk about symptometry and healing and sacred sexuality and meditation and qigongs. Excellent, so, uh, excellent, excellent. I, I I look forward to that and um, definitely look forward uh, well, to that. When, when, when does she intend to, to invite uh, symptometry so that, we, so that we come and rock the place? Oh, hmm, I'm gonna have to let her answer for herself. I I I can't speak for a grown woman. I'm gonna have to let her speak for herself. Uh, yes, Sasha Long's brother asked you a question, and I I want you to speak for yourself. Don't don't get quiet now. Very good. I'm still here. Um. Well, you know, we're doing the series. Last year we did the we did the one session in Baltimore. This year we're doing a series of uh, longevity retreats. So I would actually love the host, Dr. Nardi, for one of those sessions. We have our first one is, is in March, uh, that's uh, the 29th through the 31st. The next one is going to be in May. I believe the dates are the 17th through the 19th. And then we'll have another session in July, uh, and I believe that's the 19th through the 21st. So um, I would love to uh, make that connection and try to make that happen because, again, I really, ever since um, Coach Kyrie introduced me, who um, these teachings have been wanting to get more understanding um, because some of the things that I've heard are just like way out in left field for my brain. <laughs> and it's all good because I'm open to all knowledge and understanding and new information. I just want to um, really be able to have an opportunity to absorb it. So that would definitely be a doable thing. Uh, okay. uh, do, you, do you have the... Um the Downside of Nutrition, the book, The Downside of Nutrition. Part one. I don't have, 
Oh, you know what? I think you you emailed. Is that the book that you you emailed to me? No. That's a no, no. That that there there was a PDF copy, but it doesn't have the um it doesn't have the enzyme chart in it. So it's not the okay. it's not the updated version. It's a um that's a, that's what that's an older outdated version. Okay. Okay. Well, I I, I don't have. I don't have that information. I don't believe it. Okay. All right. I think Dr. Abbott was suggesting that that would be one of the uh, first places good. to start. Right. It's, it's a good that. place. Good place to start, so you, so you can actually see for yourself and start to do your own investigation in, into exactly the differences between what what is termed normally healthy foods and, and then knowing the other side to them as well. So you know the, the positive and the uh, negative effects of popular foods that we consume. Right. And so who wrote that piece also so I can try to get Dr. that? Dr. Nardi did. Yeah, Dr. Nardi wrote it. Oh, excellent. Uh, okay. The downside mm-hmm. of nutrition. The downside of nutrition. Uh-huh. Okay. All righty, brother. Okay. I'm listening. Thank you. you all carry on. <laughs> Have a good evening. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Bless it. And the hits just keep on coming. <laughs> yes, yes. If anybody else has a comment or, well, I did have two people that had their hand raised earlier about the citric acid. Let me bring them on right quick. Uh, Caller from the 410-896. Your microphone is open. It's awesome, baby! Can we get your name and where you're calling from, please? Good evening. My name is Michelle. I'm calling from Maryland. Michelle, can you speak up a little bit or put your yes, mic closer to the phone? I'm calling from Maryland. Okay, we can hear you fine now. Thank you, thank you. You got a comment or a question for Dr. Nardi or Dr. Abbott? Yes, actually, I have two. My first one is concerning my two little boys. One is seven and one is six. My six-year-old stays and we have tried limiting uh, meat in his diet. We've even started giving him D supplements in the morning. Um, Mm -hmm. We've introduced more fruits and vegetables, but learning tonight, a lot of the fruits that we're eating is bad form. So my question is, the D supplements every morning, is that a good idea for an age six- and seven-year-old boy, you know, trying to prevent illness? Oh, I know. Um, you, you are embarking on prevention. I, I, I applaud you for that. Uh, that that's very good. Thank um, you. Because, yeah, if if uh, if a child is sick, sometimes the, the parent will have to take the day off and stay with the ch- sick child, or take the third child to the hospital and all that. And uh, you know, it's not good. So, it's good that you are embarking on prevention. So, what I would advise you to do is. Okay, you are doing well with the little knowledge that you have. That is fine because you are you are giving your child B vitamins, and that is fine. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you a question: Does the child have runny nose? Sometimes they say they have they 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 have uh, yes. problems with, muc- with mucus. A lot of mucus, a lot of runny nose, um, a lot of chest congestion. Um, exactly. I know why I'm asking this question. I'm asking this question because your child is suffering from lactic acidosis. Mm. 
too much lactic acid in his blood. And mm-hmm. this, and you, the B vitamins you are giving him, they are not doing anything. You have to remove the lactic acid from his blood first. Mm-hmm. Then I'm just you, looking that up today. I'm sorry to cut you off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, remove this lactic acid. Uh, it's terrible. It's terrible. Uh, in symptometry, we, we, we sell the lactic acid. Uh, you can call Dr. Abbott. Uh, you can call Dr. Abbott. You can call uh, uh, Dr. Wanek. And they have the, 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 they will make lactic acid um, remover uh, available to you. And uh, so to give them the, give your six year old lactic acid. Even you yourself is good for you because mm-hmm. it, it removes lack, it removes excess lactic acid. Because if you don't do that, your child will become very dull in school. Your child, your child will become very sleepy even when it's time for him to be alert and to be. Uh, if uh, and then if this continues, you become disruptive, disruptive because mm-hmm. he's, he's frustrated. He and doesn't that's know what exactly is, what's going on. Yes, he's frustrated. Yes. And please don't let those people label him ADD, ADHD, ADHD, and and all that. They uh, tried. Even the doctor missed. He even misdiagnosed they would, him. Exactly. They, they will misdiagnose your child, and then once they start, the the wrong treatment is finished. They've taken mm-hmm. your child away from you. Mm-hmm. So don't, don't don't let them. Don't let them. No. Okay. Your your child is your child is suffering from lactic acidosis. Okay. okay. Remove the excess lactic acid from his blood, and you see that in order for you to know that the too much lactic acid has been removed, you see that the congestion is getting less and less and less until it disappears completely. Okay. Then you can go on with your with your B you can go on with your B vitamins. And then you have to stay away from the the, the foods or the, the fruits that have too much citric acid. So stay away from these fruits and you can call any symptomatists. Go to the website. You see the symptomatists on the website over there. You can call any of them for the the right advice. Okay. Okay. Thank yeah. You, so you. so your two boys, seven and six. You know, yeah. keep them in good health, and then keep them keep them away from from these pharmaceutical drugs that will ruin their life in the in the future. Okay. Okay. I sure will. I have one other question too. Yes. As mm-hmm. a child, I could eat um, bananas and broccoli. Any time mm-hmm. without any stomach pains, but now mm-hmm. as an adult, I have crippling stomach pains. Even if I have a hint of broccoli or just a little piece of banana. That's correct. And do you know what? Do you know? Do you know what you did? Because you overloaded. You mm-hmm. you overloaded your system with potassium. Mm-hmm. So, what you have to do now is, after uh, will have to treat you and remove and unlock the excess potassium that is there that has eliminated cortisol from your stomach. So we have to put them, we have to get the cortisol back, and then you have to help, you have to produce enzymes also in your stomach area, plenty of enzymes, and then your stomach pain will go away. We have, we have cured people who have had stomach issues for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. Now they don't have any stomach problems. So the most important thing is removing the potassium overload that was locked in your stomach lining. That's what we do. Okay. Well, thank you. I will be giving you a call and um, 
I do appreciate the information, and thank you, and keep doing what you're doing. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for calling in, Michelle. We really appreciate it, and thank you for holding on. <laughs> you're welcome. It's awesome, baby! All right, all right, all right. I got lines are sizzling tonight, Coach. The lines are sizzling tonight. They caught me off guard. I said, well, we haven't been on the air, so, you know, maybe two or three people will show up, and then next week we'll have a better turnout. But uh, surprise, surprise, surprise tonight. Uh, and I got one more caller, and I think I may know who this is. I'm just, I'm not even going to do a prediction. All I'm going to do is call up from the <laughs> 718 your microphone is wide open. Can we get your name and where you're calling from tonight, please? Peace, Coach Kyrie, Dr. Naughty, Dr. Adam. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Shannon Charity called us from the ground. How are you, brother, tonight? I should have known he wasn't going to miss this one right here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's good to hear from everybody tonight. Um, let's get right to it. Actually, two brothers. We're going to mention no names, but two brothers just had a um, – a popular another doctor in the so-called health arena. He done a two-part show not too long ago, and um, I still hear I still hear this. Uh, number one, I, I like the brush on earlier. You talking about enzymes, and um, Dr. Nazi, one thing I never asked you last year, which I wanted to ask you this year, right off the bat, is could you briefly get into this to this thing that um, I'm pretty sure a lot of us have heard over the years of cooking foods beyond, say, the temperature of 118 degrees kills the enzymes in the food. Um, and this led, I guess, to the raw food craze. Could you speak to that briefly? And um, the other question I had, I can't think. Why, why don't you speak to that? Maybe the other question that I had, because I've been waiting for a while and write it down. Maybe the other question that I had to come back to me. Uh, all right. Okay. There are very, very few plant enzymes that are very, very useful for the human body. Or the majority of, of plant enzymes, they are for the plant. They are not for humans. They are for the plants. Learn to produce your own enzymes. We in symptometry are helping people to produce their own enzymes with uh, carbon ninety-eight DX, with pyridoxal one, two, three, and pyridoxal uh, pyridoxal one, two, three, four. People are producing yeah. enzymes, and they are healthier and healthy. So, we humans know how to produce our own enzymes. The plants know how to produce their own enzymes. We are not going to borrow plant enzymes. When you look at the cell of a plant. The cell of a plant has chloroplast. Uh-huh. We don't have chloroplast. Two, the cell of a plant has vacuoles. Our cells don't have vacuoles. This is the difference between plant cells and human cells. Uh-huh. Know the difference. So this idea of, oh, you have to eat raw food because if you cook food uh, uh, above a certain temperature, uh, you are going to destroy the enzymes. Destroy the enzymes. I don't need them. 
I know how to police my own enzymes. If you don't know how to police your own your your own enzymes, well, symptometry is here. We will help you to we will teach you how to police your own enzymes. So, so outside of the enzymes, which which you just articulated that we don't need, those are plant enzymes for plants. And no, I, no, 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 I, I, no. I said, I said, many, most of these plant enzymes, we don't need them. Uh, uh, pap- uh, yeah, papaya has pepin, an excellent enzyme that speeds up the production of elastin in the colon. So when I'm treating somebody for chronic constipation, I give the particulate for for for, for uh, uh, to produce elastin, and I advise the person to eat pepin and papaya for pepin. Uh. This is how I cure constipation. You know, chronic constipation where the person has not moved the bowel in in one week, one and a half weeks. There are people, there are people who, who who experience this this problem. They have this problem, and then they are told that oh well, it's it's, it's normal. We we are different. There are some people who move the bowel every day. Then others don't move the bowel every three days. Then there are a few people who move the bowel every week. Who told you that? Everyone must move this waste out of the body every twenty four hours. So plant enzymes are for the plants, and the human enzymes are for humans. Are you there? Hello? Yes, sir. You here? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, plants don't come. Plants don't come to us for our enzymes. They don't come to us for our enzymes. Why should we go to them? Get nutrients. Get nutrients from plants. Yes, get nutrients from plants. But don't get enzymes from most of these plants. Thank you. Yes, the brother, his uh, his call dropped, but I'm sure he's gonna get the download. And that was some, that was some hit. And I'm glad he asked that question too because I used to hear that all the time. From uh, raw fooders, um, one of them calls into the show. A former raw fooders, he had a, a humidifier, and he said, "Yeah, we got to cook the food in here because you destroy the enzymes if you just, if you cook it over a certain amount of degrees." But now I'm realizing I don't need all them enzymes anyway. And if I can produce my own enzymes by knowing my own food combinations and knowing the way to nurture my body. Then I become what God created me to be. God created me exactly. to start exactly. and have dominion. He didn't. I'm, I'm sure. I don't want to go too biblical, but I'm sure He didn't want me to have dominion over this planet and only be His seventy or eighty years. I'm sure He built this body um, to last longer than sixty, seventy, or eighty. Uh, uh, coach, coach, coach. Uh, there, there, there's something wrong with your microphone. I think there's. I cannot. It's a little acidic. Um, but you know the. And, and and again, going back to the formula for health, that's why it's so important. Health is tissue renewal plus nutrients plus ES, which is an enzyme surplus. So we have to know how to produce our own enzyme template, and that's the that's the good thing about centometry is that we're the ones that are actually leading the way 
and showing how to build an enzyme surplus because that way it will ensure that we will be healthier and on a steady and daily basis. You know, it's just the process of knowing what to do and clearing the blockages, and therefore we can continue on our, our march along this process because, again, I think for the most part people don't really understand that, oh, if someone is a, eats a certain way, well, I guess they feel that they're, it makes them much more um, humane or more of a spiritual person. But what we know in symptometry is that, you know, when you go into talking to, to the ways of, of anciently and they say, oh, well, we were born in sin. Well, what does that really mean, missing the mark? But we missed the mark because we had so many genetic hindrances on our DNA that we were unable to heal some of the things that were in our blood that was passed from generation to generation. But thanks to where we're going now, we can clear these up and then truly inherit the kingdom of heaven on this planet because we are living in disease-free bodies. But we need people to join us and come along so that they can bring their gifts and talents to symptometry, and we offer that that pathway to start at the American School of Symptometry. Thanks. Is my microphone working a little better now? Yeah, well, yeah. Oh, much, much better. There you go. Thank you. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, yes. What I was saying earlier was that um, I'm sure that once we learn more about producing our own enzymes, that we will be able to have dominion over the earth like the Creator made us to, because I'm sure mm-hmm. He didn't just make our body to just come down here and last 60 to 80 years and and that be it. So there must be some formula for us to to have much more longevity, which is why I'm really um, on board to support Sasha Long in her growth and nurturing because that's the name of her conference is the longevity, you know. It's oh, that is excellent. Excellent. Around excellent. longevity. So she's mm-hmm. not even having one of them or two of them. She's having three of them spread mm-hmm. out over the summer. So I, I definitely look forward to going down and uh, linking up with um, linking up with her this um, at the end of the month. I'd love mm-hmm. to give out. Let me give out that. Um, let me give out the phone number. I want to give out Dr. Nart. I want to give out Dr. Abbott's number as well, so people can be able to get in contact with him. His phone number is three three six four five six nine one eight three 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 six four five six nine one eight three. If you do need to get in contact with the headquarters of Symptometry, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, the phone number is seven zero eight. Six nine one four nine seven seven, and if you are interested in the Melanin Centered Longevity Conference 
in Lancaster, South Carolina on March the 29th to the 31st. Please reserve your space now. The phone number is 803-518-8927. 803-518-8927. We're going to be doing nutritional detoxing, trance dance, nature walks, tai chi, qigongs, yoga and meditation, uh, workshops and classes. There's going to be children's tents, communal lodging. We're going to be having some real big fun, some breakout sessions. So we really look forward to um, people coming down and also experiencing the best in vegan, you know, vegan and raw food diets. Um, it's going to be interesting with Sister Sasha Lohm listening to the to the um, broadcast to see what type of products that she's going to put out there um, for us to digest. Me, myself, I eat up basically almost everything she cooks. So um, she is a wonderful, wonderful um creative soul when mm-hmm. it comes to putting meals together. So I, I definitely look forward to the challenge of her to incorporate these new fruits and some of this new technology into some of her dishes. All right. Let me see. Do we have any more callers on the line? Yes, we do. Let me hear you before we got 13 minutes left. Caller from the 336-501. It's awesome, baby! Can I get your name and where you're calling from, please? Peace, peace. Um, peace, Dr. Nardi and Dr. Abbott and you, Coach. This is uh, Almighty Bill on air calling from uh, Washington State, Tacoma, Washington. Oh, okay. okay. All right. And the hits just keep on coming. Um, I had actually spoken to Dr. Nardi before um, about... Um, the the compare and contrast. Um, I know that there's you know with with the the, uh, the raw food um, craze that's going on. There's also you know everybody's jumping into this eating according to their uh, their blood no type. Exactly. Yeah. Um, there was there was a write up in a magazine um, where. Um, songstress Jill Scott talks about that. She talks about how she lost weight, you know, when her doctor prescribed her diet according to her blood type. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to see if Dr. Naughty could, you know, compare and contrast, you know, the pros and cons of that. Yeah, okay. Uh, thank you very much. Um, I, I I studied uh, Dr. Diadmo's uh, work on uh, eating according to the blood type, it has it has some merits. It has some merits, but here is my question: um, You you have a predisposition to ulcers, and then you are advised to eat certain foods to prevent uh, uh, to prevent uh, you from having ulcers. First. We have to know what causes an ulcer. This is where this is where I go further. You see, he does not go far enough. First, I know what causes an ulcer. It is the inability to produce desmosomes. Desmosomes are the attachment proteins that one cell uses to attach. Uh, itself to another cell 
And when they stop producing desmosomes, you are going to have an ulcer. It is after this deep scientific work that I discovered that Dr. Diadmo did not go far enough. In order to produce these desmosomes, you, you have to produce enzymes to speed up the process of producing these desmosomes. So this means if you're having an enzyme deficit, you cannot produce desmosomes. You cannot produce tight junctions for your, for, for your blood vessels. Everything goes back to enzymes. That's why we solve the problem by saying keep producing an enzyme surplus. The person lost weight because the new treatment that she had enabled her to produce more enzymes. But this aspect was never discussed. <clears throat> Always discuss the totality of an, of an aspect so that a person has a clear-cut view of what the root cause of the problem is. Eating according to the blood, according to your blood type, does not address the root cause of the problem. The root cause of the problem is enzyme deficit to produce this particular protein. So you be predisposed to certain illnesses because you are not producing certain enzymes and certain proteins. So he did well. But it did not go far enough. We always go, we always keep going and keep going and keep going because we are using expanded knowledge. Knowledge has no end. It just keeps going until you get to the root of it. Sometimes after the root, there is something else beyond the root and you just keep going until you discover the secret of longevity. We discussed the raw food, the raw food situation already. You know, I see some people, some people cook their apples and all that fine because they don't want to eat raw food. Others prefer to eat their raw food. All I want you to do is balance the positive with the negatives so that when you are eating your raw food, you don't have any problem, any skin problem. You don't suffer from dehydration. You see all these people, I mean, uh, uh, using moisturizers. They are using oil, creams, and all that. Well, they are masking something. They are masking dry skin. They are masking dry skin. These, the deodorants, I don't use deodorants. I don't use uh, uh, skin lotion. I don't use it. The day you see me, you see, look at my skin. My skin is well moisturized. I don't use shampoo on my hair. I just put it under the shower and then rinse it, and that's it. Because I know how to maintain my body from inside out. And this is what I am helping others throughout the world also to do. So if you are eating raw food, Please, make sure you balance the positives with the negatives in the raw food. So that's, that's uh, what I, I, wanted, I would like to add to, to, to what I said earlier and then to answer your question, okay? 
Okay, okay, thank you. I, um, and I was that was kind of what I was getting at as far as um, the balance, the, the you know, maintaining balance. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And exactly. you know, the, the reason I brought that up was because um, you know, Jill Scott is you know, a, she she's a very popular songstress, you know, and and you know, when when uh, certain people of influence, uh, you know, whenever they they um, popularize certain diets or certain things, you know, that's how we get a lot of fads, you know, a lot of these yeah, fad yeah. diets mm-hmm. that come, that, mm-hmm. that come through mm-hmm. because, you know, like like you said, um, it wasn't discussed in the totality. You know, it was it was it was just put out there that you know she changed her diet according to her blood type. <laughs> okay, but you, you, you didn't you didn't hear the full story. You only heard one third of it. Exactly, exactly. And I I, I really appreciate it. I really do appreciate Dr. Marty, um and as well as Dr. Abbott and Coach Kyer for um for for bringing the the um root cause um scientific diet to to the to the, the the masses thank you and thank you also for listening thank and then for learning something new so thank you appreciate that bill Juan. let me get back to what we have uh, one more caller on the line calling in from the 703 it's awesome baby who could that be <laughs> Good night, everyone. Good night, good night. Dr. Nordy, first of all, Dr. Abbott, oh, you was awesome tonight. You just laid it out there about citric acid. I am so proud of you, and Dr. Nordy is teaching you well. Um, yeah. But, Dr. Nordy, I wanted to say, I think that you're being too easy in terms of the, um, what we are learning in the American School of Symptometry about this raw food thing. Um, I just, after listening to this young man, um, it made me feel as if that, um, that uh, eating raw food is acceptable. And what we're learning in the American School of Symptometry, that it's really not acceptable. But I'm going to, and I would like for you to just talk some more about that because um, the other thing is I wanted to talk to you about was we started to go over um, what does it take to nourish the brain. And I believe that you didn't finish because you mentioned that we needed two layers of oil and we also needed vitamin D. Is there some more steps that we need to consider in terms of properly nourishing the brain? Yes, yes. Um, uh, you you are right because um, I, I, I'm hearing some echoes. I'm hearing some echoes. What is happening, Coach? Yes, echoes. Oh, okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yes. Uh, you know, today is the first day, and then uh, it looks like it was too packed. So I wanted to uh, reduce the the amount of information I was I was I was releasing, but it looks like uh, some people. A few people got very thirsty, so they still wanted some more, so I'm going to give you the other parts. Okay, that's fine. Um, I discussed the two layers of oil, and then another thing is, another very important factor is good cholesterol. You must keep producing good cholesterol for all the cells in the human body. 
you don't just produce a small amount of good cholesterol. When you go for your cholesterol test, oh, I don't have any, I don't have any cholesterol problem. You don't have any cholesterol problem, and you have arthritis. You don't have any cholesterol problem, and you are stiff. In the morning, you are stiff in your bed. You see, so you need good cholesterol for all the 75 trillion cells of the human body, including the brain cells. They also need good cholesterol. If you don't have good cholesterol, you, it will be very difficult for you to have nutrients to get into your cells. Now, in addition to good cholesterol, you must also produce PCM. PCM is protein carrier molecule. A PCM is a nutrient modifier. You can introduce amino acids in your human body, in, in your body. But if you don't have PCM to modify the amino acids, they are not going anywhere. Look at people who go to the nutrition store to buy amino acid supplements, and then they end up getting serious headaches. Serious headaches. Chronic migraine after taking amino acid supplement complex. What is happening? Well, they have overloaded. <laughs> they have overloaded.